You're listening to The Life of Tri. It's triathlon for your ears. Well, hello, everyone. My name's Kevin McKinnon, and I am here with uh, Sir Plucky himself. I bet you haven't heard that one for a little bit. Uh, <clears throat> Sir, <laughs> Sir Greg Welch. Um, uh, and we are here in Nice for the Ironman World Championship. And it's going to be a really boring race, I think. I think you're right. I mean, you know, going off the press con- conference that we were both at about an hour ago was uh, nothing short of amazing. Ten of the best guys in the field, obviously, and, you know, minus a couple of uh, guys that weren't there that are obviously uh, going to perform very well. But, you know, by the look of it and by by the confidence of uh, what everybody said today, they were all confident. I didn't see any backward motion in anyone's uh, voices and it was all about, you know, giving it everything. And a couple of things came to mind to me uh, very, very quickly, and that was I will take risks here in the race and I will detonate if I have to. So those two quotes, uh, one from Braden Curry and then one from, you know, somebody else who uh, remain nameless, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, maybe the guy that's doing the last dance. But anyway, um, that didn't surprise me at all. But uh, but they better be careful out there because it is, um, you know, on that descent, it will be a, a tough challenge for them, especially given the rules, you know, around center line, you know, violations and everything as well. So. Yeah, it's going to be great. So <clears throat> one of the things that was very interesting to me through all of that was all it seemed like all 10 of those guys were unanimous in that this opinion that they were going into the unknown. No one knows how this race is going to be very like I don't think anyone wants to sort of call a favorite or like even call themselves a favorite because they're like we just don't know how this is going to go out. And the other thing that they all said is there's going to be fireworks. There's going to be not exactly carnage, but there's going to be a ton of people who are going to go out way too hard and blow up. Yeah, and there is going to be fireworks. That was another quote that was said by multiple people. And there was another uh, two words that were said by multiple people as well, and that was blank canvas. So we're here for the very first time in an Ironman World Championship. Uh, never been at this level at this race, right? So Clement Mignon, 2023 Ironman France champion in June. Uh, he comes in here as one of the favourites, yes. But when he you know, did his race uh, back in June, it's going to be a completely different dynamic uh, coming in now with, you know, gosh, uh, arguably 20 of the best... Ironman distance races on the planet, you know, Sands, uh, Gustav Eden, Christian Blumenfeld, and and a few others that I've had to, you know, pull out last minute, Daniel Beckergaard, uh, Max Newman, just to name a couple. But um, yeah, fireworks are going to be out there, the blank canvas is there, but what they say blank canvas, you know, this is going to be that the pace will be on from the start. There'll probably be about a, a, a 15 group, uh, men's group, uh, you know, out of the water in the lead together. And then, you know, you minus, you know, people like Leon Chevalier and, you know, some of the other guys, but it's gonna be on from the start, especially with Jan Fredino, Sam Laidlow, Magnus Dietlev. I mean, they were, I mean, three of the best cyclists in the sport and they've, they've got points to prove and they have to keep the runners at bay because this is gonna be a just over a 2.30 marathon course. 
so boy bring up so many things that i want to follow up on so yeah i think we're going to see that group but don't you think that once they hit that hill everything just starts spreading out i don't think there will be a complete obliteration However, I think that some people will go up there very, very quickly and burn a few two matches early. And you'll see that, you know, on the first part of the run. However, if you, uh, you know, have a, a very controlled, you know, first section and then get across that middle part strongly and stay within uh, striking distance on the descent, that's going to be the key factor. Now, when you look back at the 2019 race and, and you know, look at some of the bike setups, good stuff, Eden. He rode a road bike, you know, on this race, a, a race course, and it worked to his benefit. But I don't believe that any of our top 10 athletes here sure today like are going to ride anything but a time trial bike and disc wheels at that. So, yeah, it's going to be a different dynamic. But, uh, you know, coming off the descent and back into town, it'll be um, it'll be very interesting because um, I'm not I'm trying not to compare Kona with this race. But if I'm going to make any type of comparison, uh, you know, whatsoever, is that the last part of the race in Kona, the last 40 miles is where the big boys come to the front and put the hammer down, or they actually, you know, keep their pace and then everybody else starts dropping off. Will that happen here? Will everybody be able to get to that point, to the, you know, 75 mile mark, uh, right, you know, just where the descent's gonna happen and, you know, be able to, to manage that? and. How much will it take out of them? And then the last eight kilometres of this bike course is going to be into the teeth of the headwind anyway. So it's that, that's the way that the uh, wind's been blowing all week. All week, yeah. And you would su- you know, suspect that it's going to keep blowing from that direction. And if that's the case, it'll be a hard way to finish the bike. And then that first lap on the run is going to be brutal because we all know what happens in the first lap of the run or the first 10k of the run. People go out way too fast and there's only a couple that can hold that pace throughout. So... It's going to be a smart race for people if they're going to get to that finish line and you know in one piece without any any lows so i want to talk about the run but i want one more thing on on the bike so one person who wasn't at that press conference but his name came up cam Worf, um you know races for Ineos grenadiers uh pro cycling team um and i feel that so when cam typically races you don't see a whole lot of ground gained through the first 90 100k he likes to just be steady and then he really puts the hammer down about halfway through i feel that he's not taking full advantage of his strengths but what do i know um (laughs) but i feel like this course is going to be awesome because whatever it is 10k whenever they start that hour-long climb Mm. That's when he's going to start making this move, whether he likes it or not. Yeah, I think Cam's going to be out of the swim around about 2 to 2.45, somewhere there down. That's a, just a prediction that I've come up with. But um, and, and for him, you know, on the first part of the bike, when the, the climbs, you know, really don't start until the first 15K, there's a, you know, climb and then there's a little bit of a re- reprieve and then, um, and then you go again. Right, and then there's a, a long climb. And I do believe that it will benefit Cam, that climb, you know, in, yeah. in the end run. However, you know, on the descent, I do believe that, it, you know, the skills that he's had over the last, you know, eight to 10 years as a, a pro cyclist is going to really, really help him. However, 
in Europe, it's it's typical that the European cyclists know how to go downhill. And, you know, Patrick Lang is one of those guys. Clement Mignon's one of those guys. You know, is Clement going to be able to bike with those guys? Will Leon Chevalier catch up from a deficit on the swim? And I think that if Leon and uh, Cam Worth work together, then you're going to have a pretty big group going up that hill together. And then what can the big Dane do on the bike ride? You know, can he obliterate the field? I don't think so. I, I think that he may come in with a bit of a lead, but... It's going to have to take a big uh, risk, you know, for Magnus uh, on that descent to have um, a decent lead. But I'm, I don't think that he needs such a big decent lead here. But I think that he's, you know, after Milwaukee, went home, reassessed, and, you know, he just got his cards right now. So I think yeah. that we're going to be in for more fireworks on the run. And I wouldn't be at all surprised if we see, you know, a couple of groups of, you know, two runners running alongside of each other out there as well. Good thing about this run course, Kevin, is that it's four laps. You get to see each other eight times on the course and you'll be able to tell the weaknesses or what's happening if they're slowing down or, you know, speeding up, you know, your competitors, of course, and, and that's going to really help, I think, the competitors, but it's a dead flat course. So um, you mentioned his name, Patrick Lange, first person to go 230. <laughs> And he's done it twice, mm-hmm. once at an Ironman, once at, uh, you know, at Challenge Rove. Um, and he doesn't think that this run is going to be as fast as we're all thinking it is. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure I'm totally buying that. Um, but, yeah, like, you know, I think he's he's showing the way. Um, you know, there, and uh, there's, you know, a few people who have now run in that 230, 231 range. Um are we going to see a run that fast, do you think? Uh, we're definitely going under 240. There's, oh. no, there's no doubt about it. But when you when you look at, like, okay, there's eight turns, you know, U-turns, so it does slow the pace down. You've got to get back up to pace again. So you can look at, like, you know, that's maybe 40 seconds over the whole, you know, uh, time of the, the marathon. But um, as I was saying before, I think that it just depends how they go out on that first lap after a very tough bike ride and what they've got left in the tank after that very hard bike ride. So um, we haven't seen that at World Championships because the other course doesn't set up like that, right? Right. When you look at um, when you look at the course in Kona, you've got less than 20 turns on the bike course. Uh, <laughs> it's incredible to think that, right? We got like 20 turns in the first, you know, 20k here. So and um, yeah, so the it's a it's an interesting dynamic, a completely different dynamic this race and. Uh, It'll be really good to see it unfold, but I, I'm expecting a great battle between Ditlev, uh, Patrick Langer, Jan Frodeno. Um, they're the top three that I'm looking at. You know, outside chances are going to be Braden Curry, and and the Frenchies. You know, with Sam, Dennis, uh, Leon, and Clement. Yeah. Yep. So, um, I I would definitely want to put Braden a little higher on that one mm-hmm. had a great chat with him in Cairns earlier this year mm-hmm. and uh, he's uh, he's usually not you know had a great time in Europe but did the Welchy Paula Newby Fraser mm-hmm. uh, Mal- uh, Marinda Carfrey spiel of moving over a whole pile of months ahead of time yeah. he's been up at altitude yeah. so 
Um, I think he's made the sacrifices, and, and I think he's still a little... He's smarting a bit from people not expecting him to do well in St. George. And that fires and, people up. You know? oh, and so I think I think that whole combo, um, you know, when I talked to him in Canada, I was just like, oh, man, this guy is this guy is ready to do something. So um, who knows? Uh, you know, every time I make predictions like that, it uh, backfires on me or yeah, them or whatever. So, um, <laughs> But we do know that it's going to be crazy um, – I don't know if crazy fast. Like I'm, I'm anticipating the run is going to be fast, but it's. I just feel like it. We're just going to see, you know, carnage out there. Fire. Like, fireworks isn't the word I would use because, like, I think there's going to be a lot of people who just went way too hard to try and stay there to stay with the leaders. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think there's going to be a lot of carnage out there. I think there's going to be a, a lot of heads that'll be, uh, you know, sort of sunk into their chest. You know, when they come across the finish line. However, I'm, I'm going to go out and say predict about a 46-minute swim. It's pretty fast out there, very salty water. 46? Yeah, I reckon 46, 47, somewhere there. No wetsuits, 46? Yeah, yeah, I guess I th- we're talking about so, that's yeah. speed. Yep. Yeah, I think so. And then, you know, on the bike, I'm I'm expecting nothing like a 404. Um, I'm expecting just over the 430 mark, right around about 430, somewhere there. And on the run, I think the winner's going to run around about a 2.35 to 2.36 yeah. out there. So we're going to look at a slower day. You know, the swim's going to be co- uh, comparable to a, the traditional world championship and then bike a lot slower and the run's going to be touch faster. Yeah, I'm with you on all of those. I wouldn't have gone the swim quite that quick, but hey, what do I know? <laughs> um, so uh, finally, um, you know, there's been all this talk about splitting up the Ironman World Championship. Uh, you know, our first podcast this week was with Mark Allen. And uh, as I wrote in the thing, if you ever thought that Nice couldn't be a viable world championship, you need to listen to that. Like, he is just wired for sound excited about about this event. Um, and I'm starting to get that way too. Like, I, I'm, you know, obviously you and I both know, we've been to Kona a million and one times. Mm-hmm. Um, we know the magic of that place, but this is setting up to be a pretty cool world championship. Historically, um, you know, this race in Nice is the second longest running long course triathlon in the world. So you look at, you know, Kona having the tradition from 1978, where well, you go back to 1982 for this one, you know, when they first produced it. And it wasn't a, a distance that anybody would probably remember because it was only like a 1.5K sweep, a 100K bike ride, and I think a, a 20K run or a 30K run or something like that. Yeah, like, I think it was 20 when it started. Then. Yeah, so, and then they changed the distances, and then the, the typical distance of this race was 4, 130, and, and 30. And then, you know, quite a few years ago, they changed it to the Ironman distance as, you know, uh, Ironman took over, Ironman group uh, took over and, uh, you know, started producing this race under the, you know, uh, uh, lead, leadership of Eats Courtier, yeah. yeah. So, you know, when, when you go back and look at that, it's, it's great history and I'm glad it's here. And uh, during the week, I didn't see many triathletes around. I was like, wow, this doesn't really feel like a world championship, but the last couple of days I'm starting to feel that it's all coming together. You're going to the race uh, briefings and the press conference and the expo area is incredible. It's one of the most beautiful expo areas I've ever seen. It's polished, um, you know, they've, they've brought it up to another level. Um, and being right in the, the center of Nice here in Centerville, it's, uh, 
it's been incredible. And the Rugby World Cup's going on at the moment too, so there's a lot of hype in this town. <laughs> uh, tonight there's a big uh, big uh, game with France and uh, the All Blacks, and then tomorrow night there's actually a game in Nice, in the stadium on the Saturday night, so the night before the race. So, um, yeah, lots going on here. Yeah, well, that's one of the differences. Um, like, there are way more tourists in Nice than there are Ironman athletes, which is very different to Kona. Um, it's different, but, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean it's, you know, any less of a world championship and all that stuff. And, you know, we've been talking about this this men's race is going to be a game changer. And um, so I want to end off. You uh, got to um, interview Jan last night in his final world championship press conference. And for those who, you know, haven't been to Kona a million times, Monday night typically in Kona is when Jan does his press gig. Mm -hmm. And, uh, um, you know, I reached out to his agent and said, hey, where are we going on Monday? And he was like, no, 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 it's Thursday. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, like... And you did a great job. Like, as, as I said afterwards, it could have been really melodramatic. It wasn't. It was just really tastefully and, and well done. But um, pretty cool to see Jan Ferdano gearing up and, and, and just seemingly so ready for this. And I don't think it matters whether or not he wins or not. Obviously, he really wants to and everything. But um, he just seems like he's pretty content with that journey which makes it even more likely in my my mind that he has a really good chance to win yeah he's calling this journey the moonshot and you know he's, he's trying to land it on the moon and he's trying to put everything together perfectly so that it all goes right so you know from blast off until like landing it's going to be it's been the journey and that's why he moved a couple of years ago to the mountains in andorra um He's got a new physio, he's got a new training buddy, he's got everything that he's possibly needed. But just go back, you know, like a year and, and, and think of where he was, you know, sitting in a hospital ward, you know, with yeah, a hospital gown 13 on. 13 months ago. 13 months ago, you know, when he yeah. had the infection. And um, to where he is today. And if you go through his Instagram and you look at, like, him doing the last track session, it's almost like I almost got chills, you yeah. know, when I was reading this stuff going, really? Is it really his last track session before he hangs it up? It is. This is yeah. the last dance. I was completely honoured to, uh, you know, host the event last night with uh, his sponsors and media and, and everybody that supported him in his career. It was a great night. He's confident. He looks great. His body like, just looks magic. Oh, I've never seen him so light. Yeah, he, he looks magic. And, you know, he's gotten, he's gotten himself into incredible shape because this is it. And what we said at the beginning of the show, there was two words that come to mind. that There is going to be fireworks. And the other word was detonation. Jan Ferdino is not setting himself up for detonation. Jan Ferdino is one of the most calculated athletes out there. I can see a whole bunch of other athletes detonating on the bike at the very end and also in the mid part of the run. But I see Ferdino as being that guy that's gonna watch the action. He'll calculate it as he goes through and he'll make the moves whenever he needs to. I think Jan Ferdino's podium at least. Yeah, I absolutely. Uh... And, you know, what a quote-unquote mic drop. I'm stealing this from his, his uh, conversation with Bob Babbitt. Um, but what a great mic drop to end a career. In 2019, I walked up to you know, my post-race interview with him after the press conference. I said, so, what a great way to call it a career. And he was like, absolutely not. 
<laughs> and uh, you know, I was, I thought, I just get, don't get it. But how much better would it even be for him to do it here, right? So it would be the last dance, and he would. No, he's not going to create much history here. He's already won three. Um, you know, in the men's, I uh, don't believe anybody's won four. Uh, there's been two gentlemen that have won six and a, a couple of guys that have won three, as three, in yeah. Peter Reed and Craig Alexander and, and Jan Fredino at this stage. But, yeah, um, he's got everything else. He's got the Olympic gold medal. He's got two 70.3 world championships. He's got three Ironman world championships. To me, he's the greatest triathlete of all time. And it's a, it's an argument, sure. But um, who can? Uh, he's who certainly can boast going those? to be up there. Yeah, but what he's no done. No matter who you're arguing. He's like the yeah, he's like the Tiger Woods of triathlon, because he's the guy that's elevated the sport to a new level. I think his class and his professionalism has elevated it. I think he's attracted different sponsors and different, you know, uh, media outlets to come and, you know, especially in Ger- Germany and in Europe, it's been massive for the sport. And I think that, you know, Frodo's been a, a, a he's been responsible for a lot of that. Yeah, well, Germany's athlete of the year, mm-hmm. which was huge yeah. uh, at one point. Uh, you know, I can't remember was that after 2019. I think it was after 2019. Yeah, because I um, think he won Ironman and 70.3. I think oh, so maybe it was 28. Uh, yeah, 20s, well, uh, no, 20s. Anyway, we'll figure it out. He he won. He was uh, Germany. We didn't do our research. Yes, on that that's one. right. Uh, Germany's athlete of the year, which I you yeah. know remember was a, a huge deal. Um, you know, considering he's up against the Michael Schumachers of the world and football players, and yeah, so yeah. A, a game-changing athlete. It is going to be an amazing day. You're going to be uh, busy on Sunday yeah. with the uh, with the broadcast. With the broadcast, Michael and Didi, uh, Michael Lovato, Didi Griesbauer will be in the studio. Matt Lieto will be on the ground reporting, and I'll be handling the interviews and special guests. And we'll be having. To start off with the show, uh, we'll be having Freddie Van Leerder coming on. He's a five-time Ironman Nice champion, so he'll be able to let us know exactly what's going on <laughs> the bike. <laughs> Max Newman uh, will be joining us. Tim O'Donnell will be joining us uh, via Skype. We'll be on YouTube all day long, so just go on to Ironman.com and uh, live coverage, and you, you'll see it right there. Follow the coverage. That's it. Uh, Greg Welch, thank you so much. Your time is uh, always so appreciated and uh, wonderful to have you on the life of Tri. I you know, can't get away from being with an Aussie if Phil Rockner can't be here. <laughs> Welch is way better to person to have. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Phil. On behalf of Greg Welch, I'm Kevin McKinnon. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for listening to The Life of Tri. If you like us, tell your mates and follow us on Instagram at The Life of Tri.